This week on the Reverse Stick, all eyes are on BBI for the Men's Hockey World League Finals and we speak to Jaspreet Sani to preview the tournament. There's draws and fixtures and don't forget the Dream Team. This is the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee and I'm joined by my co-host each week, Matt Allen. Good to see you, Matt. Good to be here, John. How you doing? I'm fine. This lovely hockey day. <laughs> we fine. can't give it just, away what day it just is. Just fine. Oh, fairly good, yes. Yeah, it's been fairly busy this past week, hasn't it? We've been uh, getting a few interviews in the can and getting all the prep work done for the Dream Team competition and we'll talk to you a little bit more about later on and obviously there's lots and lots going on with one Hockey World League finishing and another one about to start. And looking forward to previewing that with Jazz Sani a little bit later on. We'll also be hearing from the Pro Hockey League in South Africa. That's right, Jazz back once again. And if nothing else, you've got to listen into Jazz's interviews just to hear what's going on in the background. <laughs> exactly. It's a snapshot of daily life in India, generally. So. We're not going to put those sounds on over the top of the interview, are we? <laughs> no, we're not. Um, plenty to get through, so we might as well get stuck straight in. News. And the big news, Matt, this week, of course, would be the finals of the Hockey World League for the ladies. That's right. The Dutch were triumphant. And must I say, I, we'll get the word here from the Supermaster Guru coach, <laughs> who predicted, just about predicted the outcome of this tournament. So those that have listened in, my predictions were that I was expecting a, an Argentina versus Netherlands final. Um, but I also made the point two weeks running that it could be a masterstroke from a coach to lose the first three games of the tournament and then really turn it on when it got to the quarterfinals when it really mattered. And we saw that happen from New Zealand. They went all the way to the final, but they lost out 3-0 to the Dutch. It was a, um, a defeat, the same as the opening uh, game of the tournament. Um, but hey, you know, it's... The coaches around the world have got to sit up and think about this now, haven't they? Well, <laughs> potentially. Well, it, it certainly opens the door for you not having to worry too much about what you do in the pool games. You can experiment a bit. You know, if you, if you drop a game, it's not going to be deadly to you. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the, the men's teams tackle it and if we get a team perhaps emulating the New Zealand girls at the men's final. Yeah, there was a bit of uproar on social media, wasn't there, from certain quarters that are, uh, come on FIH, what, what are you doing? This format is ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. But it was only really shouted about after the result that we, we, we got and New Zealand going through ahead of the Ar Argentinians. Um, but it was always, always the prospect, as we said in the show, and you can't be surprised or upset about it after the fact. That's, that's the way the system is, so you gotta go with it. Well, we have, um, written a little piece that's going up on the website this week about fixturing or the, the, the way that these competitions are designed. And, uh, I think I used the line in there when we're talking about the eruption of, uh, displeasure when the Kiwis got through over the Argentinians. I, I described as, you know, used the line, when did Noah build the ark? Yeah, that's and he right. did it, he did it before it started raining. So, you know, the, and that's not to say the criticism wasn't warranted in the sense that these, the, you know, you were right. Yes. 
that that is patently unfair, but it was patently going to be unfair before the event. That's as well. right. And you and you you say displeasure. There wouldn't have been any displeasure happening in Auckland. That's for sure. No. And how how fantastic for a Kiwi crowd um, to get the the vantage black sticks into the final there of the tournament. You know that that's real legacy stuff for for sport in the country. And um, as we had John Whiting on a couple of weeks ago from Hockey New Zealand talking about the legacy and talking about you know what potentially it could do for the sport in NZ well look to lose out to the Dutch in the final is absolutely there's no shame in that whatsoever oh, and and they may have lost all their pool games but they got past um, the Argentinians was it and yeah they got past Argentina in the quarterfinals and then England in the semi-finals so yeah. it's not a, not like they just waltzed into the final without having to beat some quality teams no, I mean no. the Argentinians as disappointed as they may be that was always a chance that it could happen. Yeah, it is. I mean, the Kiwis are ranked number five in the world, though. Argentina number three. It's not not as if they're far off the pace at all, is it? No, and we've talked about on this podcast before, you know, scorelines at international hockey. It's sometimes hard to read into them exactly what they mean. You know, is is, it, is a 3-0 defeat that bad at, at an international level? I would say it's not bad at all. Three goals can go in in a blind. You just, it's taking your chances, isn't it? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, it is. Now, just to go through how that tournament finished up officially, the Netherlands beat New Zealand in the gold medal game, winning 2-0. Korea took third place over the English with a 1-0 victory. And that's a stunning result for the ninth-ranked side in the world. You know, Australia missed out from um, entering the tournament. And that's the only side outside of the top eight that that participated was the Koreans. And we spoke last week about their defensive qualities and organisation. Um, Argentina beat Germany 4-0 to, uh, to finish 5th and Germany 6th. 7th place went to um, China. USA. USA or China? No, USA had a 6-4 win, win, win over China. China. That's Absolutely right. sensational game. You know, it end was. To end. Um, we were talking before and you said, oh, you know, the Chinese might be upset about letting 6 goals in. I think they'd be very, very happy about scoring 4. They could be. Uh, winners and losers out of the tournament. Well, obviously, the Netherlands, they went through the whole thing, didn't concede a goal. Yeah, world number very one. Very good team. Um, you know, they're going to be hard to beat. I did make the point in the, in the article and to you privately that... Um, as good as the Netherlands appear at the moment, they're not burying teams. They're beating good teams, but they're not flogging good teams like you might see when other sides have been at the height of their pomp. But did, did they let any goals in in the tournament? No, none. Zip. Zip. Zero goals, and they scored lots. Well, they'll, they'll, you know. I think 4 0 was the biggest win, though, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah, so it wasn't not, a 6 0 or 7 0 or 8 0. No, 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 no. And that's probably the next step. I mean, and if they take that next step to flogging good teams, then everybody else is going to finish second. New Zealand are winners out of the tournament, and I thought Korea were winners out of the tournament. England probably wouldn't be that happy with the way that things turned out. Argentina, definitely not happy with the way things turned out. I think the Germans would be very disappointed as well. You know, the, Argentine, the Argentinians put four past the Germans twice in the tournament. Mm. I think we'd mentioned before that it was there's quite a few young faces in that German side. We also mentioned last week prior to Argentina not making it through into the semi-finals that they were uh, a very committed energetic side playing very very well but maybe they were just a bit too overcommitted in those pool games and put too much into it and just didn't have it in the tank for the the quarters well i'm i'm not sure is the uh, schedule out for the uh, world cup 
yet. For yes, the it, is. We'll, it is. Yeah, we'll get, oh, we'll get to yeah, that. We'll get but to that I mean, it'll be interesting to see what sort of format that tournament's being, what is being used at that tournament, and uh, whether the Argentinians will have a say about it beforehand. Yeah. Uh, so that's how the Hockey World League ladies final ended up. The men's, of course, is coming up. By the time you hear this podcast, it might already be underway in BBI. You'll find out soon why I call it BBI <laughs> um, in our interview with Jazz Freight. And uh, we'll preview that men's tournament coming up. A couple of other things happening in the world of hockey, Matt. Uh, the Premier Hockey League got underway in South yeah. Africa. And obviously, we had Calvin Watt on a few weeks ago. Um, and we had Kristen Payton on uh, last week prior to her taking over our Instagram account. So if you're on Instagram, look out for us there. We're just at the reverse stick. Um, and that was great. When you followed the Instagram stories, you could see the girls arriving at the tournament, getting their hand out of their gear, um, participating from the stands, watching the downpour. But we'll hear more about that very soon when we get our roundup from the um, South African Premier Hockey League. Oh, we're not doing that now? Oh, we can go straight into it now if you want to. I think we should have a listen to our mate. Tyrone. Tyrone. And this is the uh, South Africa's Premier Hockey League rap. Uh, this is Tyrone Jabu Barnard all the way from South Africa for the reverse stick, giving a little bit of an update on what happened in the opening weekend of the South African Premier Hockey League. Now you would have been able to follow a lot of the action with the Instagram takeover led by Kristen Payton and it is uh, appropriate that that's who was picked to lead the Instagram takeover because she was my pick for goal of the weekend when she popped up with an absolutely outrageous piece of skill to net the winner in a back and forward game against the Orange River Rafters to give the Daisies a win. Uh, this is a monumental big moment uh, for, for the Daisies. It's a big shift in uh, what happened last year. They really, really struggled to get together as a team and only finally look convincing in their final game of the tournament. Of course, this year already looking a bit of a better team, but they did fall short via a showdown after their game was washed out in the storm on Saturday. Uh, Saturday very much being Premier Water Polo League instead of Hockey League after two of the games were, were rained out. Um, of course, the tournament rules do require that a showdown is played, so at least the winner was decided. And it is the Blood River Bunters who are the early pace setters once again, last year's champions. Their defence is immense with Mpumalena, Mbanda, Celia Evans, Nicolene Sablanche, and of course they can even switch Hanley Hutting into goal. It really is a fantastic, fantastic defensive lineup. And now they're managing to get a few goals. They are the definite favourites, but uh, they were tested quite well uh, in both of their games. Over in the men's tournament, the Addo Elephants, last year's runners-up, were on the bad end of uh, two defeats. Uh, the second one being against last year's winners, the Cavemen who on the day fought back after trailing 1-0 and 2-1 and there were two goals for uh, legendary defender Ricky West celebrating his one year anniversary with his wife with two goals. I think uh, most hockey players wouldn't mind that being a way to celebrate their anniversaries. The standout player on the men's side for me though was Jared Jones. He popped up for the Mumbers last year's fifth place team with a hat-trick of field goal the uh, field goal goals which of course adds to the excitement um, from a fan point of view and uh, yeah I think uh, along with the Dragons the Mumbers will probably be the happiest team the Dragons of course 2 out of 2 last year's wooden spoonist in the, in the lead in with an opportunity to um, to really show everybody that uh, the names on paper can convert into a great tournament 
you can follow all updates on our website so that's allthingsjabu.co.za or sports24.7 the number 24 the word 7.co.za as well as on Twitter at Tyrant Barnard and of course check out all the PHL social media accounts uh, all of them are SA underscore PHL across Instagram Twitter uh, Facebook and probably even Snapchat don't ask me too much about that though uh, for the reverse stick this is Tyrant Barnard over in South Africa following the hockey revolution And you are with the reverse stick, and that was Tyrone Barnard reporting from the Pro Hockey League in South Africa. Some entertaining stuff, and we're really excited to hear from Tyrone there, and uh, uh, that kind of little reportage style of report, and so we'll be getting some more of those things happening. Tyrone will be on next week to give us an update of what happens this weekend at the uh, South African Premier Hockey League. A couple of interesting things out of there. I quite like the fact that uh, they have a showdown and not a shootout in, uh, in the competition there. Showdown, shootout, cowboy ends up dead at the end of either of them. Yeehaw! That's it. Um, and also nice that oh God, I didn't catch the name of the gent there, but was uh, celebrating his first wedding anniversary. Congratulations to the happy couple there. I also realised there's another happy couple. There's uh, Dr. Batra, head of the FIH, oh. uh, celebrating 34 years of marriage to his lovely wife. Well done. How, how many more before you catch up? Oh, what we, 20, another 20 years to catch up with a good doctor. <laughs> but no, pretty good going strong. It's, well, you know, you know what, John? Today, the, the day we're recording is exactly f- uh, 14 years to the day when I first landed in Australia. Oh, really? And still can't get rid of this bloody accent. <laughs> You've had the operation and everything. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, getting on to some more news, we've had the Commonwealth Games schedule released. Uh, Commonwealth Games coming up in April. and uh, In May? April. Is it? No, it's May, I think. No, it wasn't May, the month where nothing's on. No, March is the month where there's nothing. Oh, no, ma- okay. On. Well, it's, it's in here in front of me. April. Next April's showcase event. Uh, men's and women's involved there. Two, uh, ten teams involved. Two pools of five. For the women, we have England, India, South Africa, Malaysia and Wales playing in pool A. In pool B, Australia, New Zealand, Scotland... Canada and I'm very pleased to say Ghana. Yeah, which of course they managed to get that spot there and qualify on the back of uh, their performances at the African Cup of Nations yep. in, in Ismailia. It'll be good to see them there at the Com Games. In the men's side of things, Pool A is Australia, New Zealand, Canada, South Africa and Scotland. For Pool B, this is an interesting pool, Matt. India, England, Malaysia, Pakistan and Wales. I've got to say, my Pakistani accent quite often sounds like a Welshman or vice versa, so could be some confusion <laughs> in that game. <laughs> well, that, if there's a pool of death... if there's a pool oh, of are death, you going to say pool of death? I, I don't the believe, pool of death. I don't believe in pools of death. <laughs> I think that's a whole load of rubbish, but there will be people going India, England, Malaysia, Pakistan and Wales thrown in there. That's a pool of death. Scotland might be saying the same thing about their group, though. You know, it's, uh, you've got Australia and New Zealand in there. There's going to be, um, you know, no, no, no mean, 
No easy yeah, games look, played in there. The match schedule is out. We haven't had a lot of time to go through it and uh, have a look at how the classification, semi-finals and quarter-finals and all that sort of thing works just yet. But uh, during the pool rounds, it's going to be a busy time because there's six games a day going to be played. First game starting at 9.30 in the morning and the last game starting at 9.30 at night. Well, that's so, that, it's the Gold Coast, mate. That's when people come out to play at 9.30 ooh. at night on the Goldie. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how the performances go at the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games because as we know being Australians any sports that goes to the Gold Coast struggles it's almost like the black hole for sport well you might find a few uh, midnight uh, curfews taking place much like the England cricket team at the moment but you know we're a hockey podcast not a cricket podcast we'll leave the ashes alone yeah and we'll be talking more about scheduling uh, for this event and more events later on um, one very special date, though, to keep in mind, Matt, during the Commonwealth Games tournament will be India versus Pakistan. It's on the 7th of April. It's day three of the tournament. 2.30pm, that game will be getting underway, Gold Coast time, and I think that's one we're all looking forward to. Oh, I don't know. I reckon Eng- England-Wales is going to be just as much of a, a prospect there as well. You think so? Oh, yeah. I'd like to... Does it have the same ring as... India-Pakistan, especially when you consider England and Wales will be playing on the same side at the Olympics, which is another argument we're not going to get into right now. Yeah, but you, always, you always tackle harder against your own club mates, though, don't you? So. <laughs> yeah, there's that, too, there's that side to it as well. That's uh, uh, all coming up in the Commonwealth Games. April the 5th, Thursday, April 5th, that gets underway, 2018. Looking forward to it. Oh, what else has been going on? We've Trinidad also, and Tobago. Oh, you got something else? So, yeah, the pools are also out for the Vitality Hockey Women's World Cup, which is being held in London later on in the year. And we'll just take you through those. In, in Pool A, uh, we've got the Netherlands, uh, coming off the back of a very successful Hockey World League campaign, taking on China, Korea and Italy. In Pool B, the host team, England, uh, they're going to face up uh, against the USA, uh, India and Ireland. It was a long wait for the Irish girls to get that confirmed spot in the uh, competition there. Uh, I think they'd be fairly happy with, uh, you know, it's, every group's going to be tough. In Pool C, we've got uh, South Africa, the African champions against Germany and Spain and currently number one ranked Argentina. And in Pool D, we see Australia and New Zealand take on each other uh, alongside with Japan and Belgium. So some scintillating uh, games to come up in the pools there. And it's sure to be a very, very good World Cup. And you can see they're already getting set up set up for it there in England. Uh, and tickets are on sale. And over the next few weeks, I'm sure we're seeing a, l- a lot of announcements about little tournaments going on here and there in the lead up to World Cups and Commonwealth Games, etc. We've seen the Australians announce uh, the men's tournament with the uh, the Netherlands, and uh, well, that's com- coming down to here yeah. here in Perth. Coming yeah, the yeah, Netherlands are coming down to play and a series. The Spanish, and the Spanish believe, ladies, the, which, on the yeah, side. which we mentioned briefly last week, yeah. um, that they're coming down for a, a series of games as well. And, and we'll see a lot more of that around the globe as as little tournaments will start to pop up as teams get their their preparation ready. One thing we did notice though in the in the months before the Commonwealth Games, at the moment, the FIH calendar is clean. That's right, yeah, it's empty, and it, like you say, that's where we'll start to see the deals being done at the moment for international teams yep. to travel around and uh, get some ma- match practice. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, one more news item to get through, Go Trinidad and Tobago. We've, uh, they've hit the news this week. Uh, a little posting came up on Facebook from The Guardian, Trinidad and Tobago Guardian Online. No hockey for 2018. 
Well, we, when we had Raya on very early in the piece and one of the earlier interviews, Raya, Raya Richardson from the Trinidad and Tobago Hockey Board, she was speaking about their turf there at the time and, and uh, they were waiting for a new turf to be laid and hoping that they'd be able to uh, pull up the old turf and go and lay it down somewhere else and on the island. Um, it wouldn't, you know, be the greatest quality, but it's better than nothing. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's been some stumbling blocks within that, I believe. There has uh, a bit of a funding shortfall. There, the the cost of replacing the new turf is about 1.35 million Trinidad and Tobago dollars, which converts to around about 150,000 pounds sterling. So I'm sure everybody can do the currency exchange to pounds sterling from wherever you happen to be. Uh, it's not a huge amount of money, but it would be significant for a, an organisation such as Trinidad and Tobago. Now, apparently they pay part of it, They've made a part payment, but they need to come up with the rest of the money. And thrown into all of that, they've had a few electrical problems as well at one of their sports centres in Trinidad and Tobago. They've had to shut that down. And, that, that, and that's actually, I believe, adjacent to, yeah. to the turf, so they can't get any access to use any of the facilities anyway. Indoor facilities. So they've got no indoor facility and the turf is unusable at the moment. Yeah. So... Um, and look, it's, you say it's not a lot of money, but remember a oh, total sure. pool of about 500 players... Yeah, um, right. for the nation and so you know that's a lot of money to come out of the pockets of those guys if they were to self-fund with it um, so yeah not not great for a, a country that's on the up and obviously the men have qualified for the indoor world cup coming up uh, in germany in january and uh yeah it's a, it's a bit of a shame it's, it would be nice if if they could get some sponsors on board so if you're in that area maybe let's look at some of the oil companies like exxon you know maybe you could chip in a little bit and make sure there's actually a league played there this season well i haven't had time to look into it as fully as i would like but the fih does run a program for turf building turfs in countries that have face uh issues and hassles and problems with getting the turfs done and I think this is a situation where that fund should probably step in. I mean, it's all very well and good to go and build turfs for nations that can't afford them or areas that are struggling to but once you build a turf, it's not there forever. Well, that's it, it, that, it's well, that, a horrible cost to maintain. Yeah, well, that's ten years old—the one they've got there—and it's yeah. a bit ragged and a bit frayed. Um, so it's you know it, it definitely does need to be replaced. And look at, within those costs as well; it's not the full cost of building a turf. There's not the groundworks that no, no, you know you haven't got to lay the slab itself. or anything. Just yeah, it's t- turf going down. Well, let's hope that they can uh, resolve that sooner rather than later. Fingers crossed uh, for TNT. Well, it's. It's a big dent in their program because they're obviously doing so much right and they're getting great results and they're going to be at the Indoor World Cup um, and it's probably the last thing they need right now. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast and it's time now for our feature interview. And this week we're talking the Men's Hockey World League Finals and we're going to someone who'll be there for them. And I'm not sure I'll say this. I think I might let Matt pronounce the uh, venue for this Hockey World League Finals. Well, of course, we're in uh, Bhubaneswar, aren't we? I hope so. We'll find out in a minute or, by um, from an expert. Bhubaneswar. Hang on, Jazz. Tell us, please. Yeah, hi. I, I, I suppose you should stick to BBI, which is the airport port for Bhubaneswar. Ah, here we go. BBI. You confuse me even more now. <laughs> it's BBI, Bhubaneswar. Bhubaneswar, Bhubaneswar, Bhubaneswar. You're pretty close. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I wasn't too far off. So, yeah, you're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you, Jazz. So, you're uh, you're heading down to uh, the tournament there. So, you're hoping to arrive 
uh, on the the first day of the tournament. Yeah. Are you looking forward to it? I'm looking forward to it a lot because uh, this is the tournament that will decide where India stands, irrespective of winning the Asia Cup and uh, after an up and down year, which which we saw in. Uh, uh, starting with the Azlan Shah Cup in Malaysia and then the tours that followed up at, and the Hockey World League semi-finals, which where we finished, I think, seventh. So I think this tournament where all the top teams from the world are playing will decide where does Indian hockey stand. Now, I've seen some, some of the ticket sales, obviously home ground advantage could play a, a massively important part of it here, and we've, we've seen that with the, the women's competition there in Auckland with the New Zealand girls getting to the final. Uh, are we looking good for ticket sales? Are we going to see some packed houses there? A couple of Twitter users uh, who are based out in Bhubaneswar, and uh, it said that uh, the tickets for opening day and the final are already off the shelf. They are sold out. And most of the India matches are also sold out. So I think you are in for a great atmosphere, although the capacity of the Kalinga Stadium in Bhubaneswar is around 6,000. I think they have upped it a bit to around, um, by around, uh, uh, say, 1,500. So it might touch somewhere around 7,000. But yeah, you're looking for, uh, looking, it, it's a great atmosphere there because I, I'm telling from personal experience, I was there for the, uh, Champions Trophy in 2004 when Pakistan did what they did. It's going to be a benchmark there for where India is at in the the scheme of things at the moment, and, and there was some great success at the Asia Cup. What what's going to be a successful finish for India? Sherd's obviously be going to be looking to to win the tournament. He couldn't say anything else, but what what do you think would be a good benchmark? See, we won uh, the bronze medal last time over, so. Uh, anything less than a podium finish will be a disappointment uh, because uh, we are sure Marinia himself has said that he's looking to uh, grab a spot in the top three uh, in the FIH standings say in the next in the next year which is a heavy one mm-hmm. uh, it includes the Commonwealth Games the Asian Games and the World Cup so in order to uh, go there means uh, achieve what Marinia is thinking of uh, a podium finish here is a must. I, I, I don't think it will be a gold, but uh, India not finishing on the podium will surely be a disappointment among the Indian fans and, and experts as well. Now, Jazz, the, the uh, Hockey World League for men's the final is being played with the, uh, the same structure as the women's final was played in, and that basically ensures that it doesn't matter what you do in the first three games of the tournament. Uh, you've got to win a game come quarter-final time. And we've, we saw what that means for the Argentine and the New Zealand women. And that really, forming those first three games is going to mean nothing. And you can get to a final just by winning the right two games at the right time. It's, it's a crazy uh, format which uh, was adopted in the last Olympic Games as well, like, if I'm not wrong, Rio. So I, I, I it's, it kind of... Uh, Let's a bit of complacency creep into the dugout, even if the coaches and the players say that uh, that there is no complacency and they are looking at each game as a final or things like that. But I do believe that if uh, if if there is more competition during the pool stage, um, that will test teams more and put teams under pressure. And India. Uh, 
knowing that they will play the quarter final whatever happens uh, not just india but other teams as well they might think that the tournament actually begins from the quarter finals which is true with this for, with this format but i don't i don't uh, buy this format too much because it 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 takes competition out of uh, the pool stage which uh, the fans would savor more if 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 the format were different yeah it's kind of does beg the question you go okay well, i'm paying some good money to go and watch this this round of games being played and it's lovely they've got this international tournament happening here but none of these games effectively mean anything at all what what it also does is that the the fans will always be after tickets for the quarter finals semi finals and finals yeah they will think that even if they don't get the tickets for the um, pool games they're act- they're anyways going to watch the knockout match of india which is going to make all the difference so i think um, but having said that in smaller uh, destinations or cities like bhubaneswar and lucknow where you have smaller grounds and uh, people get to see international matches very not very often they that stadium does get fill up for indian india matches which is going to happen in bhubaneswar as well but ideally the format should be tweaked uh, so that all the teams have to uh, earn their place in the quarter finals rather than be assured of it even bef- even before the tournament starts yeah i guess the 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 other flip side to it is if you're finishing bottom of that pool you have got to go and play a side that's done very well to finish top of the other the other pool there's there's that you know to play with but but have they expended all their energy within those first three games to get to finish top of the pool and you you might might play mm. a softer target in the, the mm, yeah. final it depends on one day or or a couple of days to reach the final if you play well in quarter final and semi final as you have already mentioned you're already through to the final and uh, by by winning the semi final you're already assured of a medal as well so <coughs> i think uh, as you have said that the format is um, tweaked maybe to uh, allow a cup some nations to benefit from it like it happened during the uh, olympics as well not actually benefit that might be the wrong word to use but yeah um make it easy for other nations who are trying to climb up into the rankings to play the knockout matches and maybe have a shot in with for the medal it's funny when when we were thinking about uh, doing this interview with you jazz as a, a preview to the hockey world league and i i got the pools up in front of me and i started looking at who was playing who and essentially all that stuff's irrelevant when i look at it and and if you look at the pools there's, there's no real pool of death anywhere I mean, all of those sides are bloody good hockey teams, and if you're not on on the day, you're going to lose. Yeah, I except Korea, I think uh, most of the teams are in with a shot to uh, win a medal. Um, in that respect, you can say that the Indian pool is the tougher one. No. Oh. So we've got we've got India, England, uh, Germany, and Australia, but uh, but then you've got Argentina, Belgium, Netherlands, and Spain. So Spain Spain got that last spot there. Spain you would think would be the weaker side, but I tell you what. Yes, in, Spain. In, sorry. In yeah, the Korean was at the women's. The Korean was at the women's. I meant that, to. That was the. I yeah, think that I was the shot getting, of that side getting through. You would not think that the Koreans st- would go st- and take I the still, bronze medal. I still have a hangover of my favourite team winning the women's. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did call it on the reverse stick last week that uh, uh, you know things can happen. And so, uh, two weeks ago, we said that you know a team could lose three games, and who knows they could make it all the way to the 
final. Well, you know, New Zealand did that, but Korea also benefited from, benefited from, benefited from the system and benefited from playing very tight defensive hockey. And, uh, yeah. yeah, just, you know, close wins. Yeah, that's that's what it, this format does. They are ensured of uh, reaching the quarterfinals, so the strategy also changes or revolves around that sometimes. I, as as an outsider sitting or speaking from the sidelines, I might say that, but uh, the coaches and the players will 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 not agree with me because they would say that every game they play 100% and to win. So. That happens with every team, but yeah, the format does play on the mind because uh, I think it it played on the mind of India during the Hockey World League semi-finals because they did not have to win or finish in the top five to reach the World Cup. Yeah, they were already there as as hosts. Yeah, yeah, and we spoke so, about that, didn't so, we? Yeah. So I I was watching that tournament uh, right from the stands in the media box, and I could figure out that there was some sort of complacency uh, creeping into the play and. Uh, it, as a matter of fact, uh, Oltmans, who was the coach at that time, he did also mention it that it does it it does sit somewhere deep down in the heart that you are already through to the World Cup finals or you have already secured a place as hosts. Yeah, and it look, it's inevitable. And like you said, coaches will say that they go out to win every game, but. Coaches will also go out and try different formats and different formations, and they're not—they're not going to admit that they're trying something that's going to lose a game. They're obviously trying things to improve the style of play or get the teams ready for to play against a side that plays in a different style. Um, and it might not totally suit that the style of that side. So there's going to be less of an op- you know, less of a chance you're going to win. Now, Jazz, before you answer that, bear in mind you're talking to the guy that predicted that New Zealand was going to lie down for three games and then win a quarter-final or semi-final to get to the finals. Okay. <laughs> okay, so he, he had this master plan. They were always going to dog those first three games. So I do need to apologise to Spain, right? <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. But yeah, look, the, the, the Spanish—they're they're a nuggety side, and I've watched a fair bit of the the Spanish uh, Premier League men's stuff recently, which is streaming. Every, there's a game streaming every Saturday night on La Liga for Sports, and geez, you know, it's it's real competition. It's um, the, yeah, it's a bit rough and tumble, and and they, they go out and they mix it with the world's best, you know, and so anything could happen with those boys. You believe believe me? I have already renamed them as Korea, and they won't like it one bit. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be happy with the bronze, I'd think, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, Jazz, who who is your tip? Who do you see is taking it out? I'm going to first of all go there and meet Billy Barker. Does that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you going for Belgium? <laughs> huh? So, oh, oh, sorry, no, Netherlands, that's right. Isn't it? <laughs> Just joking. Yeah, Netherlands. <laughs> so we are all in in some some different zone today, it seems. Like, like Billy Barker is Belgium, Korea is Spain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, what, it's what's having YouTube show hockey around the world was done. We're all confused by all this hockey going on. Oh, there, there's a lot yeah, of... Pl- that, that, sorry, go on. That, that's a good step that FIH has taken, but I 
only thing i am not aware of is that is is it a one off for hockey world league final or is it an agreement that goes on after it it seems to be an agreement for hockey world league finals and i think they're testing it out and seeing what happens with it it's we're still trying to gather some more information from around the world on what it's actually costing in different parts and uh, somebody had said it i think it was five dollars for pay-per-view in the states but i've also heard 99 cents for a game in canada and and different things so hmm. it'll be interesting to see what the results are that come through I I, I, I tend to disagree with the testing part because I don't think there is anything to test. (laughs) The hockey broadcast broadcast is not there anyways. Yes. There is no platform where every user from anywhere in the world can see hockey. So it's not there at all. So you need to provide a platform. They have provided it for Hockey World League Final. Great. But it needs to stay there. There is no need to test. You just need to feed the users with hockey. They need, they need to see it. If you want to promote the sport, it has to reach the fans. They should have an access where you, they can watch any hockey game. Even if it is only an FIH approved tournament, that's okay. Um, if the fans have access to watching hockey, that's the only way the sport is going to grow. So what Otherwise, are your it's going to go down. So what are your thoughts? So it's obviously a split world because some people are, a bit, are able to get this tournament as a, as a free to view through YouTube and, and others that are held back through national broadcast deals, much like yourself in India where you can only watch it on Star Sports or through a hot star and it's, hmm. it's Fox Sports over here or, or nothing. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts with the, the difference uh, potentially of cost and the difference of access? Is that making it truly accessible to the world? I think uh, even if it's going to be pay-per-view, then then you also you have to decide which territories you want to make pay-per-view because uh, in in country in a country like India where people are always after uh, free live streaming, they are trying to capture one live stream or the other. Uh, pay-per-view may not is not going to work for hockey. It might work for cricket because people pay to watch cricket here, but uh, as of now. There are not many who will uh, pay a heavy amount or any amount to watch hockey maybe online. Uh, so that's, I think, is difference. Uh, the FIH needs to decide which territory they want to make pay-per-view and which not. So, yeah, so you're saying to me, uh, as a hockey fan, or hockey fans in general in India, they would not pay a pay-per-view to watch hockey. They're only going to watch hockey, whether it be on TV or online, if it's a free product. Yeah, they will not pay. And what about... I guess that answers my second question anyway, is, <laughs> is those that, uh, those that uh, aren't interested, because that's, that's hockey fans, you know, this is the other thing, we, we want to talk about growing the game and, and building the viewership and all this sort of thing, so you think there's certainly no chance at all of anybody that's uh, not currently subscribing to a sports package spending money on hockey to, to, to get a watch of it? No, I will go, I will stick my neck out and say No. No. <laughs> It's interesting, isn't it? And I, and I, you know, I've, I've got similar feelings, but I also feel really positive that something's trying to be done and achieved by not only the FIH with this model, but with uh, clubs. I would be happy. Games, I would Euro be happy to be proven wrong. I would be very happy to be proven wrong if, if it, if people come in and pay from India to watch hockey. I would love to be proven wrong. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, and. It, 
the thing about the hockey world too is it's so diverse that someone in Australia would be, you know, 99 cents to watch a game of hockey is nothing, you know, they Netflix and all these other sorts of stuff, but 99 cents might be a completely different thing to someone in India or, you know, in Africa or, I don't know, wherever else in the world they happen to be. See, I'll, t- I'll, I'll um, tell you this in a different way. Um, I went to a general, um, to a convenience store in London uh, last June when I, this June only, when I was there to watch the Hockey World League Finals. Uh, there's one bottle of um, uh, Mars milk liquid. Have yeah. you seen that? There's a Mars oh, yeah. bar, well, of ch- course, ch- the ch- chocolate. Chocky milk they, type they, thing. They, it's a chocolate milk, right? Yeah. The, Ma- the Mars bottle. It, it was selling for, I think, uh, two pounds, yeah. which is in, in Indian rupees around, roughly around 170 rupees. Okay. Three and a half, four Yeah. I, I, I landed in India and I saw the same Mars bottle, uh, the choco milk, uh, at a store, uh, at the airport. And that guy was selling it for 600 rupees. Yeah, right. Which is which is almost more than three times of what I was getting it in London. Oh, wow. So, 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 I, if that answers your question, the cost or whatever taxes are levied on it or whatever happens, I don't know about those um, monetary regularities. But, but, but such differences are seen all all across the place in India. This is a one very common, very, very, uh, maybe a passing example that I have given to you, but it is very relevant if you are living in India. Mm. Yeah, look, I guess we see it as well with, the, you know, the cost of all sorts of products that are cheaper in the UK that are more expensive here, but then flip side, there'll be some, some things that are cheaper here that are more expensive over there and, and wherever mm. you, know, you are in the world. It's so, what yeah. you get for your rupee, though, versus what you get for your dollar. It, it, that's yeah. you know, that's the crux of what I'm talking about. You know, for for me, 99 cents is nothing, but 99 rupiah, that's a different story. Yeah, that that's what it is. Mm. But um, if we should get back to the hockey world league finals because they're coming up. Now. Yeah, we're, com- we're coming <laughs> back. So I, I, I was I was about to come back to it. The format thing that we were talking about. Yeah. One thing, another another thing that I was talking to some, one of the experts the other day was. That uh, in in such a in such a scenario where you are assured of uh, playing the quarterfinals or the assured or assured of reaching the knockouts, the coaches also tend to save their main players from injuries. They might give them lesser uh, play time during the league matches, which are almost irrelevant because you win three matches and you win the tournament. You you may lose four matches or three matches before that, and it may not matter at all. So in such a scenario. The, the game time given to the players or who matter or the players who leave an impact on the game, your X factor players, the coaches tend to give them or uh, tend to give them less play time or protect them. Do you think that's, that's a relevant uh, theory? Yeah, no, oh, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, that's something that hap- happens in lots of sports. If somebody's oh, not quite ready, there's been a niggle, they're just, you know, they're nearly there. Then you might you might go easy for the first couple of games and hoping that they they're fit for a, a quarter final or for later in the tournament. My problem with it, Jazz, is that um, not everybody wins a prize. I mean, you can do that with little kiddies at primary school and have that, but this is the big leagues now, and especially when you get at major tournaments like Hockey World League, if you're not good enough, you go home. You lose three games on the trot, mate. Out the door. See you later. 
I mean, that's... And, and we should add some gravitas to those major games. I mean, now that's what got, I'm... You know? Yeah, I totally agree with you. It means there has to be a price tag attached to everything. If you win, if if you pay this, you get this. If you yeah. don't pay this, you don't get this. If it's interesting to think about a conversation that might be had in a in a pub in New Zealand uh, for between somebody who knows the game and somebody who doesn't know the game, and uh, they might they might say, "Oh, you know, have you been watching the hockey? Oh, yeah, I saw you saw our girls lost three games, eh? Oh, yeah, but they're in the final." <laughs> <laughs> and just try and fathom it. Well, you, you, you saw a similar thing happen in the Rugby League World Cup just recently where a team that didn't didn't win a pool game got through to a semi-final because they won a quarter-final after having not yeah. won a pool game. So it's not as if hockey's the lone ranger here, but I think we've just got yeah. a bit carried away with things, you know. Go back to the simple things that worked that didn't need stuffing around with. I, I don't know. I think <coughs> ever since uh, hockey was on the chopping block... Um, of the uh, International Olympic Committee where it was one of the sport that was in line to be exed from the uh, Rio Olympics. It got saved in the last. I think from that point onwards, FIH has got a bit uh, a bit carried away in uh, introducing a lot of things in hockey which might uh, bring in more spectators, which might increase its popularity, etc., etc., so that they don't get it doesn't get to a point again where the Indian or the International Olympic Committee brings it back on the chopping block. So I think that that instance has to do a lot with how FIH is thinking about hockey these days. Look, Jess, just you mentioned an International Olymp- Olympic Committee sort of sprung to mind, and I was just thinking about Dr. Batra. Now, I saw some stuff a couple of weeks ago um, with regard to a spat happening between Dr. Batra and um, some others with regard to a position on the Indian Olympic Association. Do you know anything about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in the running for the presidency of the Indian Olympic Association as well. That's, that's the news. Right. Um, it's interesting because I didn't spot him down in Auckland, but I'm assuming that he'll be there... In addition for the the men's finals, yeah, I think he will be, but he's um, keeping a very low profile these days. Not not much in news in terms of interviews and all. Yeah. So, so that's the ki- that's the thing. Yeah, I, do, I, I think I did see some shots of him at the. I think it was the hockey, hockey fives. fives. Yeah, yeah, yeah the hockey yeah. fives competition um, that was running. I think he was giving out the prizes there. That seemed to be like a good comp. Yeah, I think the. What they tried with Hockey Fives, which which was very interesting, is the mixed team event. On maybe it was only for a trial basis, but I think that's what's going to happen across sports now, where you might see an Indian cricket team with uh, Virat Kohli and Mithali Raj both playing together. Yeah. So uh, in in hockey, I I suppose they have tried in Hockey Fives. I don't know how long it will take to become an international approved event, but. I think that's the thing going forward, and with, that was the most interesting aspect of the Hockey Fives tournament that happened. Is this something that's, I mean, I, I know of, mixed hockey certainly in Europe, was a, it's not so big in Australia, but it was pretty big in Europe and a, a lot of mixed hockey tournaments, but generally just for fun, and mixed hockey games yeah. just, just for fun. Is, is, is mixed hockey a thing in India? Um, not not really, not until this. it was tried in Hockey Fives, not and nobody saw it in any game of mixed hockey before that. 
but yeah uh, i think um, if if not internationally i'm pretty sure that some corporate will come in and start a league of mixed teams like the big bash league or the indian premier league or something like that yeah but well, do you think hockey can can beat the cricket to it <laughs> no ho- that's that's an invalid question in india <laughs> <laughs> invalid question <laughs> um, can we just cut that then please john <laughs> yeah, right. i don't like to be proved wrong <laughs> Hey, Jazz, we, we know that you're going to be wearing an orange shirt throughout the Hockey World League finals. Who's coming second? Uh, un, uh, uh, underneath my blue shirt. Oh, OK, underneath the blue shirt. So India's coming <laughs> second and Holland first, or is it the other way around? Yeah, uh, I think Holland will clinch gold, should clinch gold. Uh, I can't say will or not, but yeah, they should win it. On form, they are the best team. Um I'm sure Aussies would like to remind the world that they are still there after what happened at the Rio Olympics. So uh, between uh, Netherlands, Australia, India and um, Dark Horses, I think Belgium, they are going to be the team. They, they might be the team to beat in the tournament, Belgium, because they have surprised um, they are the silver medalists from the Rio Olympics as well. We can't discount Argentina as well, who are the Olympic champions. But I think the top three positions might be decided between uh, Netherlands, Australia, Belgium, Argentina and India. And that was Jaspreet Sani with his preview of the Hockey World League finals for men getting underway in Babanazwar, how's that? BBI, John, come BBI, on, get with BBI, it. BBI, yes. Get to that. And uh, Jazz Prudes handily tipped everybody to win that competition. He did well, didn't he? <laughs> There's nothing like sitting on the fence, and that was, uh, that was certainly sitting on the fence from Jazz there. Um, but no, great great to hear from India. It's going to be great to hear from Jazz when he's, uh, he's in situ. You can yeah. actually... Um, Get on to Twitter and follow Jazz at Jazzpreet S Sani. So Jazzpreet J A S P R E E T S S A H N I, and you'll get all of uh, the news from down on the ground there. You'll also be able to follow the Drag Flick World site. I see they've got a team on in situ there for the the tournament, so you can just go to their website and follow them on Twitter or on Facebook at Drag Flick World. Now we heard uh, Jazz is going to be wearing two shirts at this tournament. Uh, who are you wearing underneath? Who am I wearing underneath? I take it you've got a green and gold one on top. Of course, green and gold on top. Um, No, that's it. It's just green and gold, John. I can't follow two teams. You don't don't have another favourite? You think, oh, I'd like to see them do well? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) You want me to say England, do you? (laughs) No. Because when you get the passport, unfortunately, you know, whatever the heritage is, my belief is that you get behind the, the country that you've chosen to, to live in. And, and look, I'll just give you a little secret as well. My, all my dad's side of the family are Scots, so I've always had a bit of a love-hate relationship with English sporting teams anyway. <laughs> uh, look, it should be a ripping turn on, and uh, look forward to perhaps seeing a little bit. I hope the same broadcast deal... Oh, did I say that word again, Matt? Did Hang I on, backtrack. Do, we need, do you want to edit this out, or...? No. <laughs> That's what we're after. <laughs> Mentioning broadcast. No, but hopefully the same deal will be in place. Oh, no, I believe it is. Yeah. The ladies' tournament, yeah. Yeah, I believe it is. Which sadly means I probably won't see terribly much of it because I'm not a subscriber to said uh, pay TV provider, but, um, you know, 
that I could very well be and it's available to me yeah, you might get invited round to a mate's house or uh, be able to persuade the friendly landlord at the local tavern to put it on the big screen yeah, the problem with that isn't persuading the friendly landlord, it's persuading the unfriendly missus that you're going down the pub. <laughs> That's where I struggle with it. Fortunately, now, she doesn't listen to the podcast. No. No, fortunately, she doesn't read the um, internet service provider bill either, but that's another question. A um, couple of things. Did you see the release of the new Oboe face mask this week? Well, I did. It was funny. We were recently... Um uh, with Keely Dunn on the FH Umpires uh, podcast Play On which will be launched and coming out very soon and one of the things we spoke about was from the early days of when I became a goalkeeper and it was uh, the yellow cane uh, cane and leather pads and the, the nice sort of uh, blunt nose uh, kickers f- full of nails and of course the face mask which is the the kind of the, the one that I wore initially was pre-helmet and just after the Jason face mask, and I think you described it as the, the uh, baseball pitchers um, style of mask. Catchers, um, yeah, not <laughs> yeah, they were, they were, mask, um, yeah. they were black and they had a wire frame. But it's a white, yeah, mine was a white wire frame with, okay, with yeah. um, two uh, padded leather areas, one at the forehead and one on the chin. Yeah, that's um, it. And then the tight strap to pull around on the back. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, you know, everything old is new again. And it just reminded me of those old catcher-style face masks. Yeah. Uh, the old catcher-style were very much uh, rigidly square-shaped. You know, it was straight lines. Yeah, a bit of a curve stuff. around the side. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very flat square, whereas this one's more rounded. The bars are rounded on the face, and it's, you know, it looks all ergonomically flash modern designing. But essentially, it's the same thing. Yeah, and, and look, there'd obviously be no room for a hockey ball to get through. It just reminded me. Well, you hope the, there's no room for a hockey ball. You remember the Indian goalkeeper, oh, maybe a year or two ago, that, that got injured. They were uh, training yeah, with yeah. golf balls, and the golf ball went straight through the the mask and, and smashed him in the eye. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, the, the, you'd certainly get a golf ball through the holes on some of the new oboe. Uh, there's a lesson to be learnt there, I would suggest. Yeah, <laughs> playing hockey, <laughs> play with hockey balls. Yeah. <laughs> You'd never get a hockey ball to drop in a golf cup, that's for no. sure. Um, what else has caught your eye this week? Oh, right. one more thing I've got for you is uh, a blog post written by Ashley, our mate Ashley Morrison yeah. from Not The Footy Show. Uh, sadly, you won't be hearing his voice at the upcoming Hockey World League Finals. No, I thought, I thought he was going there, but you, tell, you told me well, last he week was. that he's... He was going. Right. I, I, I can't go into it. Okay. Right. Uh, but he was going, but now he's not. Okay, so there's somebody else uh, behind the mic there, and I'm sure it'll be Oh, they'll do a great job. Superb. Yes. Uh, but Ashley wrote a post during the week on his Not The Footy Show blog, which you can find at notthefootyshow.com. Uh, forget about that. Notthefootyshow.com. That'll take, that'll take you. Will? Yeah. Okay. Now, the post is called, was called The Sore Points of Hosting. And it is about the way that the hosting and points rankings go in world hockey. And it is very much worth a read. Anybody that loves their hockey should have a read of this and about how the world ranking system works and how it's been weighted to uh, help other teams and disadvantage some teams. Uh, it's a really good article, actually, and poses more questions than we can possibly get through in our podcast right now because we've got plenty more to talk about but over the Christmas break and those sorts of periods we'll have some time there where we can uh, further explore what's going on with fixturing and the world rankings because it seems there's a couple of dodgy things going on. Yes and we've we've saw a little bit of upset from a few international players around the world 
post the Hockey World League semi-finals earlier on in the year and yep. and how automatic entry into um, home-based tournaments had skewed the rankings and the points that would be on, 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 on offer there. So that essentially that's what it's going to boil down to. But, we'll, but yeah, we'll look more into that. Yeah, there's a lot there to be looked at, especially in the in context of what's been going on with the the formats of tournaments as well and the, how we're conducting them. And uh, that's all included in our... Uh, on our website this week, we'll have our little uh, editorial up about the fixturing and formats for tournaments, and you'll also be able to find the full extended version of the Jazz Protsani interview, because we, for the purposes of the podcast, we just put in the Hockey World League stuff, but... As per usual, when we're talking to Jazz Preet, we get a bit carried away talking hockey. So there's some uh, other very interesting things he has to say off the website, which you can get the interview there, the full interview. That's uh, all the W's dot the reverse stick dot net. That's it. What have you got? Uh, a couple of things. I've noticed that uh, there's a couple of really nice giveaways from Sabina Hahn who we've had on the show before, author of The Hockey Kids. Yes. Uh, you can get on and have a look at The Hockey Kids on, on Facebook or, or on Twitter. And, and uh, Sabina's uh, created a, a beautiful little uh, illustrated advent calendar with some challenges on there. And you can go to her website and download that for free, print it out yourself. And also a very cute little uh, Hockey Kids jigsaw puzzle as well, which you can go and download for free. And, of course, uh, if you're interested, get hold of uh, uh, one of her fantastic books there, got to say my little girl's got hers coming up for a, a birthday present next week and i'm super excited to to hand it over to her and i'm sure she's going to absolutely love it uh what else have we got on um did notice that there was uh, some awards given to the walking hockey program yeah. in the uk this week uh, we won't go too much into that now because we've got an interview in the can with the founder of walking hockey alan gormley and that's coming up in the next couple of weeks really looking forward to bringing that to you alan was also instrumental um, in setting up the back to hockey program that we've talked about before which uh, occurs in england and, and is starting to spread wings around the world so some really sensational stuff um, coming up and um, well yeah well done to alan and the team at, at walking hockey you can find out more about walking hockey at walking hockey.com uh, what else have we got uh, I did notice a little thing um, online from Mark Owen who uh, asked the question I think of the Times newspaper in the UK whether there was any updates on the, the breakaway Premier League I haven't spotted anything on, no, on that yet, yet but it'd be interesting to keep an eye on what's going on there ah, time for some of this <laughs> There's been a little bit going on on the Twitter, Facebook sphere thingy, Instagrammy. <laughs> well, I quite. It was nice listening back to Tyrone's piece there, going, and I think you can find something out on Snapchat, but I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Where with you, Tyrone? It's um, it's a new world, and we've been busy on Instagram. We obviously had our Instagram takeover from Kristen Payton from the uh, Namaqualand Daisies in the opening round of the PHL. So hopefully, those of you um, that are on Instagram saw our story come up over the weekend and you enjoyed a little bit of that inside content thanks so much to Kristen um, and like Torren said a, a cracking goal to get the win in their second game uh, it was a little bit wet at the tournament there but uh, everyone seemed to be having a lot of fun so 
so you can follow um, on Twitter at SA underscore PHL and uh, you'll find them on Facebook as well and, and that will give you the links then to the different teams of course for us it's Go the Daisies it is indeed our dream team we've got to plug that big time oh we do too. just before we go on to that just okay. one, one more bit of feedback and this is I'm going to give a little round of applause here to uh, a gentleman called Daniel Hayes from the St Mary's Hockey Club up in Darwin in the Northern Territory in Australia Hazy sent a message through and I've got to commend him he's listened to all 24 of our previous podcasts in the last two weeks I'm not sure if he's managed to do anything else but do that I'm assuming that he's either got a very boring job or he's got some long drives that he needs to take care of <laughs> but he sent some lovely words too and I really appreciate that Hazy thanks so much yeah, it was great and uh, yeah people do listen to the back catalogue you know that, who knew oh certainly not us <laughs> uh, have you listened to any of the old ones just to make sure that you, anything you might have said? Has anybody caught you out on something we've said before? No, because basically, John, once we've said it, it's, I've bloody forgotten it. <laughs> so, so, no, people could really catch me out um, yeah, quite easily. But, yeah, on to Dream Team, Dream Team, Dream Team. This is the opening weekend of the Hockey World League Finals. You might get a little bit bored of hearing it from us, um, and we've certainly been trying to do our best to promote it online through our various social channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at the reverse stick. Um, you've got to get your teams on at the hockeyman.net website. Some fantastic prizes up to, up for grabs in the Atlas Hockey Dream Team. There's, uh, uh, sticks and bags and balls and all sorts. There's a club prize available there. So we really do plead, guys, get on. Get involved with it because we want it to be as successful as possible and give us that impetus to go forward and continue to do it in some kind of format. And, uh, yeah, so we'd really appreciate your support with that. And even if you've got a team on, get your club mates onto it, get your teammates, put it on your club's social media um, and share, share, share as much as you can. And, and let's try and make it as big a competition with as much interest as possible and, uh, you know, perhaps prove to future sponsors this is something that they'd like to get on uh, and support and get behind um, a thank, big thank you to, to Jinder from Atlas Hockey uh, for promoting and, and supporting this uh, this tournament but yeah some top end quality sticks, they're some of the finest sticks in the world and you just look at the players around the world and the top of the game that are using Atlas sticks um, and you'd be silly not to try and get the opportunity to win one of these superb bits of kit it's going to be great and don't forget You'll be up against me. I'll be picking a team of players that no one else has picked for the tournament. And it's going to be a bit tight because I've seen there's not that many that haven't been picked from teams. And the great thing about, you know, you can get onto the site and you can look at the stats of the players and you can look at who's been picked. Um, and once a game gets underway, you can see who the best 15 players are. You can get on and make your predictions, which will help out towards your, towards your points to uh, potentially win the tournament. Prizes for the first, second or third and a club prize up for grabs. You just need 10 members of your club to be in on the club competition for a chance to win. Get behind it, guys. You can sign up at www.hockeyman.net. It's going to be good. Thanks for your company. Enjoy the Hockey World League finals in BBI. In BBI. And uh, we'll speak to you again very soon. Yeah, thanks for uh, downloading, guys. We'll speak soon. Bye.